All right, you guys, so we are pretty much almost in back to school season or we pretty much already are depending on where you go to school. But if you are a junior or senior in college, then you are probably coming to a slow reality check of holy shit, I am almost a college graduate. Like what am I going to do with my life? Like what do I do from here, right? I remember what it was like during college and after college and even during the job search process. It's all still really recent to me. And because I know how stressful it can be, I put together a career ebook guide for you called the Everyday Girl's Guide to Career Success. I include resume templates, cover letter templates, top interview questions, my personal answers to the questions, how you should be dressing at interviews, and so much more. So you can find all the information on this ebook and buy this ebook online at whatfulfillsyou.com. I'm Emily Elizabeth, and I'm the host of the What Fulfills You podcast, a show for and about individuals always seeking to be their best selves. On this show, we talk all about building the mindset, finding the right careers, creating meaningful relationships, and so much more. Welcome to the What Fulfills You podcast. Welcome back to the What Fulfills You podcast. My name is Emily Elizabeth and I am your host. Welcome if you are brand new to the show or welcome back if you have been listening for a while now on today's episode. It's actually with a very special friend of mine, Elia, and I'm just going to dive into the unique story of how I met him because actually the friend that I was with was when I met him, um, was kind of like a little apprehensive to meeting because she's not really a fan of like talking to strangers or talking to new people. So that's why I just think the irony is really funny that this stranger ended up being a good friend of mine. So um, Elia and his friend actually came up to my friend and I when we were at the mall. This was last October exactly on Halloween night because I remember that night uh, Elia invited me to go out to a party I think um, up in the valley in LA. Um, I didn't end up going I fell asleep (laughs) but basically uh, my friend and I we were catching up we were eating gelato at the mall and we were sitting on one of those mall benches and just talking and I remember seeing Elia and his friend walk by us once and then I remember they walked past us again and I just kind of got this inkling like oh I feel like they're gonna come up to us because I feel like they're debating on whether they should come talk to us so lo and behold they did and then Elia's friend was talking to my friend um, and then Elia and I made conversation and I remember I didn't really like look that great that day either I had like no makeup on I was like extremely casual like one of those days where I straight up woke up and was like yeah let's just go to the mall I don't care how I look type of day um so I remember just kind of being slightly disinterested in conversation at first uh, with Elia but then you know we were chatting like you know what do you do type of thing and to my surprise we had you know, just common interests. Like I talked about my podcast, talked about life fulfillment, um, and then we exchanged Instagrams. And that's when I saw that we had a mutual friend named Ronnie, who is actually now um, one of his housemates. 
But at the time, I had met Ronnie two months prior through someone else I had interviewed on this podcast. And um, so that's kind of just my whole entrepreneur group uh, out on the West Coast. But I guess the point of the story is, one, (laughs) I think there's a lot of opportunity to meet great people. And these great people may become your great friends if you open that opportunity and let that in. Um, I think there's many of us, including myself, that can be or have been in the past more closed off to letting new people in or talking to people and getting to know them on a deeper level. And I remember Ellie and I had scheduled like um, a time to like go get coffee or tea or something. And we walked around at the Grove. This was like actually on election night. So it was a really fun night just to hang out and talk. And that's when we discovered that we had mutual interests for like the same philosophers and the same business people and just that kind of level of thinking. So um, basically fast forward along the year, Elia has just been a really great friend of mine, especially when it comes to me being more grounded and learning to understand how I can be more grounded in situations that make me feel uneasy. Um, So in this example, we talk a lot about dating and his impression on dating as a male and the reason why I wanted him to be on the show to talk about that topic specifically is because even though he is my age I do believe he has a very grounded and mature approach to dating primarily because of his understanding of human dynamics and social psychology the social hierarchy, um, our needs as humans, things like that. And that's also something I emphasize on when it comes to how we interact and how we can develop better relationships with each other. So I really valued this conversation. Um, It's something that I continuously talk to Elia with on a personal basis. You know, I will often reach out to him to get his point of view because I do think that um, he takes the time to think it through and gives a very practical, logical, but also intuitive approach. So he really combines all of that um, instead of being one-sided, which I think can be a tendency for most of us. So I really trust Elia in this subject of life. And actually, as a side tangent, I did recently find out that he has done coaching, uh, or actually maybe currently does. Um, It's something that I have recently found out because I watched his latest YouTube video, which he does have a YouTube channel as well. If you want to check it out, I will link that all in the show notes. But um, he currently does or has done coaching relating to, again, social and human dynamics um, that helps people improve in romantic dating as well as developing personal relationships. So it makes sense why he's really good at this and it um, also makes sense why we have become really great friends. And so if you are someone that loves to have a better understanding of dating as well, especially as a female listening, Um, and you love to hear it from a male perspective, this is going to be a really mature take on it. And I think it's going to be also just a natural, candid conversation between two 
great friends. <laughs> so um, with that being said, let's just dive into it and hope you enjoy. I've always believed the foundation of our fulfillment in life doesn't come from our quote-unquote success, but rather the strength of our relationships, not only with others, but also ourselves. And how we develop a deeper connection is through self-reflection and purposeful conversations with those around us, especially like-minded individuals. And that is exactly why I created the What Fulfills You card game, to cultivate both more meaningful relationships with others, as well as ourselves on the journey of personal growth. I certainly use these questions as a guide for journal prompts and, of course, weekly check-ins with myself. And when I am playing this game with friends on a Friday night in, you bet I am enjoying it with a glass of wine or two, who knows? <laughs> Pre-order the card game now at whatfulfillsyou.com and enjoy an exclusive 10% off for listeners only with code whatfulfillsyou10 at checkout. That's whatfulfillsyou10 at checkout at whatfulfillsyou.com. Enjoy! So, Elia... Thank you for joining me on the show. Thank you for having me. I, this, is, this is my first thought. I want to start here before we go anywhere. We have to start with how we met. This is the origin story. So, um, well, this is actually something I never asked you. I don't think so. But first off, for context, and I'll probably have already included this in the intro, but to repeat, we met at the fucking mall. Yes. Out of the blue. It was on Halloween. Um, I'm pretty sure I was very much dressed down that day. I think I was wearing like sweats, no makeup, was eating gelato, and was catching up with my old roommate. I think you had white sandals. Is that possible? White sandals. Probably maybe loafers, but I don't think sandals. Oh yeah, might, might have been loafers. Oh wow, that's good memory. Yeah. Actually, I do remember you wearing Yeezys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember you mentioning that. Yeah, I've mentioned that before. Um, okay, but the question is, why did you guys come up to us again? So my friend, I was with my friend Daniel. Mm-hmm. We do this thing that we meet every single week. Okay. And that you is still meet every week? Pretty much, yeah. Oh, wow. Not okay. just with him, but like with other people as well. Mm-hmm. And um, we were going around, I think there was Westfield Center. Mm-hmm. No, Century City Mall. Yeah, is Century that the same? City Mall. No, I don't know if it's the same. Century City Mall. And I think Daniel had a crush on either you or your friend. I'm not sure. Okay. And he just told me out of the blur, let's go speak with them. Okay. I was like, okay, awesome. And I kind of like, a part of me didn't want to do that mm. because I was like, oh, I don't really know them. Like, oh, Yeah. Is that out of your comfort zone usually to go up to random girls and... Yes. Oh, okay. Okay, got it, <laughs> I got it. I feel like it's out of everybody's comfort zone. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Interesting. But then we became friends. Yeah. I remember I was kind of... Well, here's the thing. I, at this point, you know, I'm very observant with people's nonverbal body language, right? And the way you guys walked by us, I could just tell you guys were going to come up before Mm -hmm. you guys were coming up. I had already thought that. I'm like, all right, wait for these Yeezys to come back. (laughs) 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 Um, And then next thing you know, because I saw you guys pass twice and I'm like, all right, they're going to turn around at some point. So you you guys turn around and you come up and and talk to us. And I remember being like, yeah, whatever. So I'm eating my gelato. Yeah. And um, I think we're just, you asked me, like, what do I do? I think, right? And then I said, you know, what I do. And I think I mentioned the podcast. And obviously, at the time, I didn't know much about you, but clearly, you have interest in this field, in in the people in the industry. We, we obviously like Tim, Naval, all that. So that was intriguing. But the way you like kept pushing, like, what is your podcast about? And I'm like, 
yeah, you know, it's about life fulfillment, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, but what else? I'm like, Jesus, dude, I mean, I'm eating my gelato right now. What more do you want me to say? So that was interesting to me was, was just the way that played out. And then we became good friends, right? Just, just random interactions. Yeah. I mean, the, the thing with the podcast was the fact that I was actually interested in, Mm -hmm. you know, and therefore, first of all, I, I didn't know, I don't know even right now, a lot of people that have a podcast mm-hmm. and that are actually active within that yeah and when you mentioned what fulfills you it really surprised me in the sense of this is like a young girl yeah and she's eating her gelato and you know <laughs> like you wouldn't i feel like mm, fulfillment is something that is so specific specifically mm-hmm. with it, with people in general but specifically with young people mm-hmm. so when it comes to meeting you and you telling me that that felt really unusual mm-hmm. and i wanted to dig into that yeah. So, yeah well to dive into i don't know if you well i think you probably can put the pieces together but in terms of why i have been always curious about life fulfillment or went into that route was because of the adversity i have experienced and I think we talked about this, interestingly enough, last week, because you had asked me during our walk, you're like, what makes something along the lines of what makes you different from, you know, some of your girlfriends or some of the my peers who are female that are around my age, right? And I had mentioned to you that when I went through adversity, I literally had no one to lean on. And so it made me dig deeper and it made me question a lot of things in life like, what does bring fulfillment like if i'm not happy right now what is it that i'm missing and what is it that i can attain right now but still wouldn't make me happy right so that's kind of where i realized like you know money and success and many people speak about it but i think there's a level of adversity everyone needs to face head on in order to come to that internal realization as well as to not just why money doesn't buy happiness, but actually like, have you felt the concept of having money and then still being really fucking unhappy because you have zero strong relationships, for example, which for me, that has been the pillar of fulfillment in life. I don't know what your thoughts are on. That's the thing that surprised me about you. The fact that you were, you actually, you took ownership for your life circumstances and you were not you you were not thinking oh my god you know it's society or it's the freaking u.s president or yeah. it's politics or whatever other thing mm-hmm. and you were like no this thing that i'm going through right now it's probably my fault mm-hmm. or even if it's not it doesn't really matter like it's still on you to get yourself out of it yeah and therefore listen hearing to you telling me about your um, your decision to take things head on really made me notice how all the people that I see that are somewhat like on a different level mm-hmm. at some point within their lives at a specific time when they decided to take that specific decision. Mm-hmm. And I think we have similar mentors and similar people that we look up to so i think that's why 
we aligned. I think it was funny. I think the first time we hung out after was at Barnes and Noble, actually on election night, right? Yes. <laughs> Everything was locked down. This is at the Grove. <laughs> and um, we went to the bookstore. And I remember we were looking at books and I remember talking about Naval and you were like, oh, I really like him. And then we talked about Tim Ferriss. So clearly we, we get our mentality and our philosophy from similar people or the same people. And we basically in interpret it in similar ways into our life. Um, but aside from that, we'll dive into deeper shit later. But first things on my mind that I definitely want you to share is the relationship and dating psychology topic. Obviously, you're not a psychologist, but I think your approach is very grounded, but also very interesting to me. Like, for example, with the whole like sex on the first date, I was I wasn't completely surprised by your answer, but I was surprised by how like instinctive you had that out. Yeah. And the way you're like, oh, that doesn't throw me off and such. But um, I guess we can start there. Like, because this is a area of life that I think a lot of women, especially in their 20s, struggle with right now. And I think there is not enough of them that get advice from men. And there's a huge difference between men and boys. And I think especially in American culture, um, you know, you're from Italy, so it's definitely different. And you've had more experience jumping from there, coming to America, living here on your own. So you just, again, have similar experiences to me in a sense where it's like I came from Pennsylvania to California, have been establishing my life out here by myself. So it's just you grow up quicker. Right. And you learn to be an adult because you kind of have no choice um, emotionally and financially and, and so forth. So. Um, let's dive into that touchy topic where everyone goes, do, does it matter if you have sex on the first date? Right. I, th I think at the end, all right. So let me premise this by saying that uh, this is purely personal. Yeah. And obviously it's going to change person by person. Mm -hmm. But for most guys that I've spoken to and that I, I know and that I'm friends with mm -hmm. and for myself, the answer is no, mm -hmm. absolutely no. If right. anything, that's a good thing. Right. Which is something that we mentioned on, on our walk. And that is the, I personally believe that it is not possible for me to truly know somebody that I potentially may have a romantic relationship with mm -hmm. without having had some sort of sexual intercourse with. Right. And the reason for that is whilst this may be taken out of context, mm -hmm. the reason for that is there is something special that happens whenever two people decide to um, do something as you know primal as getting naked. Right. And uh, it is in some sort of way, uh, I, I believe to, I, I believe it to be some sort of agreement of, I'm letting go of my need to be safe mm -hmm. and I want to be closer to you in, in, the, in the most possible way. And therefore, that type of connection that gets established after two people have a, some sort of sexual intercourse mm -hmm. Um, in this case, actually have sex yeah. is something that, that, that is really important. You know, it's really important specifically 
for relationships mm-hmm. and for just truly getting to know somebody mm-hmm. you know obviously it's not the only thing right there is a lot of other things involved with it. right but it is an important step indeed right and it's funny too because i want to add you know obviously the audience doesn't know you like i know you but i say earlier that i was somewhat surprised by that because you are more of a gentleman kind of guy that you know outside of our jokes like <laughs> uh, yeah. i would say you yeah, know you're a great guy you're you're very like respectful of people and stuff so i think it says a lot for someone like you of your character and of your nature to say that you wouldn't think less of a girl if she sleeps with you on the first time if anything that's actually what you want to be able to test out the capability of how you know whether it's relationship worthy or not yeah it's not like obviously the the act of sex itself is something that both people need to want right obviously um and the i mean like for me even the possibility of somebody thinking i want to get into a relationship with somebody without having had sex with them sounds insane mm-hmm. because of the reasons that I mentioned like it's it's such a primal thing the connection that to that, that there has to be chemistry when it comes to something as primal as that mm-hmm. so therefore it, you get into a state in which words really don't matter as much and you can say a lot of things by doing specific you know actions maybe in a slow way or within the way that you carry eye contact mm-hmm. and therefore you know just getting into a relationship without having sex just sounds really dumb yeah yeah what so do you have an opinion on so someone might argue oh well shouldn't you still wait for like a second or a third day or like there are girls out there who still live in this fear of oh if i give him sex on the first date then he's already gotten the prize per se, right? So most people have this fake rule of thumb, like, oh, I should wait three dates, or I may, you know, right? These these little nuggets. And what are your thoughts on that from a guy's perspective? Why does it not change? Like, can you elaborate on why it doesn't change from first date to third date in terms of their perceived value? Because again, this is a fear. Include I've had this before too. I've definitely loosened up on it or have overcome it in this past year in realizing the psychology behind in today's modern dating. Um, but can you maybe share your thoughts on why it wouldn't really change from a, whether they made you wait on a first, whether they gave it to you on a first date or they made you wait till a third date? So let me premise this by saying it depends because I've, I've heard of stories in which my quote-unquote point actually gets debunked mm-hmm. and it actually made sense for the relationship to grow and actually wait for the second date. Right. In most cases, my hypothesis is that it's it, as long as both people want it, mm-hmm. better not to wait Okay. because of the fact that um, that kind of commitment that two people make and that mm-hmm. sort of like um, place in which people get uh, that is I want to experience you mm-hmm. that is very healthy for kick, kicking start uh, starting off the relationship on a good note mm-hmm. as long as long as obviously both people are mature yeah 
uh, I think too often people, specifically when it comes to relationships, are back by fear. Mm-hmm. And uh, it seems to me, generally speaking, that fear is seems to be not a good place to st- uh, start off any kind of rela- relationship. Whether it's platonic, it's romantic, doesn't necessarily matter. Mm-hmm. Mainly because you're not going to be showing yourself for, for who you really are. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just showing anything less than who you really are romantically specifically if you're interested into actually long-term dating Mm -hmm. it's just dumb Mm -hmm. like you are literally going to need to live like a a good chunk of your of your life with that person whether it's you know three months six months a year i I don't know however long it's going to last but uh, given that premise that that there is that initial interest why wouldn't you want to show yourself right right you know yeah it was so it was it, now when you say it and looking back at my old way of thinking i i laugh because i used to like months or maybe even over a year ago when i was like concerned oh like do i sleep with him on the first time because like not because um of this like oh i wanted to sleep with you it's because sometimes like the chemistry or the tension is just there mm-hmm. and like you said if both want it it's like why would you wait off on it and i would admit my reasoning used to only be so that my perceived value is not diminished and does not go away simply because it already happened the first time and so for sure i know many girls still struggle with that Um, and i think it's becoming more mainstream to recognize that just because you do sleep with the guy on the first time it doesn't mean you are less valuable um but it definitely is a traditional way of thinking i mean of course my mom would say like oh he's gonna think you're trash if you sleep with him on the first time right Mm -hmm. so hearing that is always very dissonance in my mind because it's like but i know modern day says otherwise you know okay this is something we should dive into as well and it's very funny it's about the funeral thing oh god uh it has to be talked about with you especially again because you're very grounded and the way you were like what at me so we're gonna dive into the personal experience i gave you last week and this is actually our conversation last week was what inspired me to be like, you should be on the podcast. Because just the way you gave me feedback, the way I discussed it with you, it was very like, oh, that should have been recorded and that should have been, you know, something girls would have wanted to hear. But I shared with you an experience where I felt a sense of uncertainty because of, you know, going from texting nearly every day with someone and then not doing so and then of course recognizing in hindsight that a i have a desire and need of being in control so when that's not happening or when i'm unaware of the reasoning i feel out of control and secondly recognizing that it was very silly and small to feel so overwhelmed or uneasy the word you used was uneasy and that was a great way to describe it i felt uneasy in a sense because i was like oh is this like because of x y and z and um basically i was telling you as well that a part of me wanted to do what um there's this girl who has gone viral on tiktok and instagram her name is tinks t-i-n-x 
<laughs> her real name is Christina. Funny enough, she went to Stanford and, and she's, you know, she's from London, went to Stanford. She's 30. Um, and prior to her TikTok fame, she was like a normal person working in corporate and worked in, um, I think, on the buying side of for Gap and worked in fashion and PR, all that, whatever, journalism. Mm-hmm. Anyways, there she does these Q and A's on Instagram, and someone would ask her what to do to get over a guy you never dated, and right. and she goes, she's probably half sarcastic but very much half serious. She goes, uh, light a candle, buy some flowers for yourself, hold a funeral, and lay the fucker to rest. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I told you about this, and you're like, oh my goodness. So. Um, I almost wanted to do that because I wanted to feel a sense of control. Like, okay, maybe it's just call it quits because we haven't. And I fucking hope he's not listening to this. I sure I don't think he would. Um, really doubt it. But if he did, you know, at this by the time I publish this, it's we're at a different chapter. So, um, but anyways, I remember thinking to myself, yeah, I want to take control. I feel uneasy. I want to feel not uneasy. So I'm gonna cut it off. And. I remember like, yeah, wanting to pull that trigger of holding a funeral basically. And you definitely put me in my place in a sense where you told me, like I had asked you basically, what would you do in the guy's position? Like where there's, you know, this distance right now because I'm not in that city yet. And, you know, you had basically alluded to the fact that you would take it easy. You would take baby steps, right? Um, But then, you know, over the past week, I had mentioned to you earlier, I have calmed down my emotions. I recognize a lot of the things internally that I need to work on just outside the situation, but just in my life in general, because it can parlay over into many different aspects of my life. And in terms of the short-term instinct, right? Like wanting to take control right away. So I'm like wanting to do that. But my question for you is, what is your advice for women and girls Um, again coming from a guy's perspective when it comes to the early phase of dating when it's texting when it's um, talking and again you have been active on apps prior to your relationship you met your girlfriend you know on tinder right Um, and so I think that early phase which now there's a meme it's called situationships okay People call it situationship, but basically where it's like you're kind of talking to each other or you may be seeing other people as well, but there's like this one main person and it's very unknown and unclear where it's going. And um, which I think in more mature terms, it's called we're seeing each other. I see. I would call it we're seeing each other. Gen Z says situationship, you know, whatever, same thing. This (laughs) is essentially a bridge for me to start understanding more like... Uh, I guess Gen Z or mm-hmm. like even Gen X. I think that that's the one that comes after, like terms. I mm-hmm. guess. Okay. Anyway, you were saying. Yeah. So, what's your advice for women to how on how to check themselves, basically, right? Instead of trying to host a funeral for the guy. I mean, we're obviously kidding here, but I mean, seriously, I think girls will be like wanting to take the upper hand all the time or even um alex cooper from call her daddy i think i've heard her say something like you know turn on your red receipts so that the next time he texts you it'll show that you read it and then don't respond and then when he asks you what's going on text him hours back and be like oh sorry i was busy what's up 
and like play this manipulative game, which mind you, with human nature, there is a game. There is a, there, there is an, a game aspect to it. But I personally believe there is a mature way and there is this immature way. I don't yeah. know. That's just my thoughts. Or yeah. maybe you think there is no game at all, but I'm, I would like to hear what you would advise for girls. Well, first of all, yes, there is a game, obviously. Mm-hmm. And it's a game of how we are fit when it comes to our, our social status. Yeah. So, like, do we match? Like, am I within the scale and within the, I guess you could say, like, you know, leadership, um, societal hierarchy, mm-hmm. are fit to this person? Mm. And am I going to be, I, I, am I in a place that I'm happy with and like, you know, are, are we in a similar place and are we happy with each other? Most, I, I tell most people, don't be boring. So mm-hmm. don't play money. Mani- mani- there is one thing, one thing is being manipulative. Another thing is being boring. Mm-hmm. Th- those are kind of like the two opposite sides of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. One is negative, but the other, the other side is negative as well. The main point is you got to find that balance of being honest Mm-hmm. while also being fun yeah because obviously if you're only honest then you're like kind of boring yeah you know? okay if you're only fun it's missing that authenticity who are you who am i speaking with so um within like social skills it, it's being taught how you should you should balance two two things and that is comfort and attraction and that's essentially like another way to say the same thing you, you should be fun while also being authentic. Mm-hmm. Now, how to balance your emotions so that you don't lay the fucker to rest? Is that what you mentioned? <laughs> That's us American <laughs> girls being bitches. Let Beautiful. me tell you. Beautiful. American girls, they're they're kind of tricky. I mean, I f- I think that's is that like, is that a worldwide thing? Girl, yeah, absolutely. Well, I don't know, but I feel like. Uh, do you think American girls say things in this more savage way or do you think girls in Italy are saying the same shit? Obviously, obviously there are tendencies. Okay. So like specific types of girls. Because American men, I mean, have you seen frat guys, you know, guys in fraternity? I've seen, yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah, I mean, it's fucking wild, but... Sure it is. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. practice, uh, start doing some meditative practices. Like literally, I know, I know it sounds boring. That's a boring answer, I'm sorry. <laughs> But like, you know, um, meditate yeah. on it, reflect on it, Yeah. take your time, maybe speak about it with a friend that has your best interest in mind, that is calm. Sounds like everything I do. <laughs> <laughs> no, no your like, approach is, is amazing. That was legit know? what I did. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I talked to you about it. And then the next day I read Laws of Human Nature by Robert Greene. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a fucking nerd. I like, no, but I will admit, like, I, I became very objective with it because I was like, Emily, you're so in the situation. You need to be out of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's really what it goes down to. You need, you need a third party perspective. And if you're able to achieve it by yourself, by being meditative and being able to take your feelings out of that, mm-hmm. amazing. Otherwise, ask a friend. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, the the path is absolutely. I always I always promote personal development. Mm-hmm. So like, if you don't have a friend around of you, 
then figure it out yourself if you're not if you don't have like something like weed mm-hmm. around of you it's never a long-term path for you to just look for things that are outside of you to fix your problems mm-hmm. so just focus on improving yourself to a place that you you will be calm enough to uh, actually think objectively of the situations on a similar topic let's dive into the early stages when it when it comes to talking to multiple people first off do you do this or is this your typical approach when you're talking to people like would let's say you go on a first date with a girl you really liked it she comes first to mind right but would you still keep your options open dive into that process i think for me that's something i probably struggle with just because i'm very decisive about what i want and so when i see qualities i like in a guy and see like compatibility or and or chemistry um i'm just not like a wasting time person like i don't i don't have the mental capacity or physical time to just be texting multiple guys and trying to get them to take me to free dinners you know which is <laughs> which is definitely a thing you know back okay. i mean well i mean you you laugh but there are girls back in college who'd be like oh i hopped on hinge so i can go and get free dinner tonight well <laughs> yes but that's the, what she's not saying is i hopped on hinge because i was bored and i feel insecure about myself and i, and I need validation right right that is the underlying message yeah like the objective is not to fit there just feeling loved true true i mean so i guess what i'm saying is i'm just saying like you and i are both extremely busy in our own work lives and personal lives and such so even for me it would just be a lot mentally and emotionally to kind of dabble between you know two people even but at the same time i acknowledge that is today's dating culture that is part of it that people explore options until they reach a certain point so you know considering that you recently got into a relationship um can you share that early phase of like the first you know month or two of how it spread out um again i think this helps give insight into people when because just the beginning is so uncertain for many people and i think again especially on the female side it's hard to know how to approach it in a balanced way in a calm way and understanding what the guy is thinking on his end the process of dating specifically for me um was in in a similar situation as yours mm-hmm. uh, it was quite decisive yeah mainly because in the case of my current girlfriend and myself uh we were both on the first date being like like i really fucking like you yeah and we were both pretty upfront when it comes to that like i really fucking like you yeah um and that essentially led to that honesty from the very beginning essentially led to us being able to actually see each other without playing games okay being like okay seeing each other every three days and you know being really really upfront with our feelings mm-hmm. obviously there is a balance to that you know one thing is falling in love with somebody another feeling thing is letting your life 
fall apart because of it. Mm. So obviously keep your, your priorities in check, keep your life running, you know, mm-hmm. just because you found somebody that you really like, it doesn't mean that you got to forget about everybody, everybody else's. Right. Um, it seems to me that f- generally speaking, relationships that are likely to, or I guess like see people that are seeing each other and that seeing each other may lead to a really people that actually go into a relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, generally speaking end up seeing each other a lot more compared to the usual once a week that is kind of like standard when it comes to people that you're seeing each other but you're not really interested in pursuing further Mm -hmm. so for example before my current girlfriend i i used to see this girl um again from tinder again Mm -hmm. and um it was great but i was not personally interested into pursuing it further into an actual relationship mm. and therefore we would see each other once a week and for a while that was fine then it kind of ended up fizzling out because that's the way those things kind of like end up going mm-hmm. um so that is just normal you know and, and as long as you feel you're fine with it that's perfectly fine i do want to ask for that situation did you know that pretty much by the first time you met her that you weren't, you had no interest in pursuing it into a relationship. Pretty much, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And do you feel like that is something, at least on your end, in your personal experience, you can tell just by the first time you meet someone? In my case, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think for most people, that's the case. I okay. I agree. I would yeah. say the same. So. In the other time, so how many times in total did you hang out with her? And was it like more casual then or were you taking her to like dinner and something more formal? Well, no. first of all, I don't know what your typical way of taking a girl out is anyways, but like. I mean, in my case, it was essentially like just hanging out at my place and, you know, frankly, having sex. Mm-hmm. Or reading the Bible. Right, reading the Bible. Yeah, right. That, that is uh, the, the first priority. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And uh, therefore, yeah, we essentially met for the first date, and then we had, she just came to my place okay. multiple times, like five or six. Okay, so times. if the set, okay, now I get it. So if yeah. for sure, if a guy is just casually inviting you over, take that as a not just hint, but just like that's the context of what it is. Well, right? yeah, but at the same time, I did the same thing with my current girlfriend. Hmm. I invited her over many times and yet still she's oh that's interesting we we actually ended up getting to a relationship together right see that's interesting because i joke about this but i also don't joke about it in in the sense where like i hold a standard like if a if a guy really wants to date me then he will take me out for him like if if I, i even talk about this with guy friends um again this is just personal standard but if a guy asks me to come over casually or like go hang out on the beach and drink wine or something by the third date, that's going to be a no. And yeah, I know oh, that, that sounds pretty <laughs> fucking harsh. I know, I know. And my, you know the, the demographic of who I date as yeah. well. So on average, I, I'd be very surprised if someone in that age group is trying to take me like to something that simple on like a yeah. third date. Just, just being really honest. Um, 
And I think that's kind of where my expectations are because I, I've done a lot of the casual stuff, you know? So I think um, if I wanted to just be casual with someone and do something like that, then that's fine. But I'm also at a point in my life where I would prefer something more meaningful. And so I can tell by the effort they put in. So, I mean, I think it's, I'm not saying yours is, yours is different because I think, well, actually, how old is your girlfriend? She's 21, turning 22 soon. Okay, yeah, so she's younger. Yeah, so, I mean, that age group is also the way that dating works is different, too. You know what I mean? You're not, like, going yeah, to and, and major... and myself, as a, as a demographic, as a guy... Yeah, like, at I'm, the age of 24. I'm probably unlikely to actually like, bring a girl out on, at dinner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to do that. Right, right, care. right, <laughs> yeah. right. Okay, so, yeah, that's completely different. But, yeah, I mean... Um, and, and that's the thing that's part of lifestyle, right? Yeah. We talked about this too in terms of, and I definitely want to dive into it with you, compatibility and chemistry. But for me, part of seeing if we're going to mesh well in that social hierarchy, if you will, something I didn't even think about, but part of it is seeing the types of places they would take me because even someone I was seeing previously before the current one I'm talking to, you know, great guy and same age as the one that I'm seeing right now but something that caught me off guard was the type of restaurants we'd go to or type of places we went to mm-hmm. and I know that sounds really shallow um and mind was you was it like Chipotle or something no it was like between it was like nicer than like a Chipotle I mean it was like but it was a very like casual setting sit down place yeah uh-huh. um and it wasn't really thought out and it it just it almost seemed like too comfortable too quick and it was over a span of four months because obviously it was i'm not in the city not in la (laughs) as you and ronnie know but um that was actually one of the things too i ended up questioning myself because i was concerned that it was it was a shallow judgment but i recognize that also it's part of the lifestyle i have right like call me bougie or whatever people want to say but like you know, that is something I like to do. Like, I, I might not go to, you know, L.A. nightclubs. Like, I haven't been into an L.A. nightclub since college, you know? Okay. I've gone to Miami, which is a different scene. But, like, going to a nightclub might not be the way I like to go out or, like, spend time with a partner. But I would love to go to, like, a dinner and drinks, for example, right? So, to me, that's my way of testing, like, is that something they like to do independently of me as well? Because then... I would see compatibility in lifestyle and that probably has been the biggest that's probably been the missing one that most people in the past has not had with me which was compatibility in lifestyle including my ex-boyfriend from years ago part of why I ended things is we just ne- we did not have compatibility in what we wanted to do in our free time right you know um but do you have thoughts on that in terms of compatibility or like lifestyle? Like what are the core traits you look for in terms of this person's going to be worth dating or pursuing both chemistry? So like emotionally, physically, like what are the top things you look for? Well, the main thing is obviously I like her. Mm -hmm. Do I like her? The breakdown of how that works for me is, um, is there a specific standard physically that, I enjoy about her. Do I like her physically? Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the usual traits that go alongside a woman. 
yeah are the main ones um on top of that is um do uh, i connect with her from an intellectual perspective so that is can we actually speak about things that matter mm. Mm. are we going to be speaking about shopping yeah that's our no yeah can we speak about stuff that is actually interesting for me that is you know whatever social skills uh, psychology yeah politics business yeah. e- economics I these, agree are, with that these one. type of things yeah that's really what it goes down to do you like her yes no and then everything else i personally am okay with figuring out later because you know it's not like you can control everything yeah like right now i'm going to a stage with my girlfriend when we are we are figuring out the way that we want to spend the weekends together Mm -hmm. that is like time in which we are not working on my side i personally appreciate having an empty space where i'm just able to think regroup plan organize notes stuff like that because i'm a nerd i'm an entrepreneur mm-hmm. on her side she would appreciate just spending quality time together so that is say like going to a park going on a hike doing stuff like that mm-hmm. so we've been finding that balance obviously it's not perfect no relationship is really yeah. um, but you know it, i think a lot of it is just like taking off expectations Mm-hmm. taking off taking off all of that that's you're never gonna you're not gonna know if you found the perfect person on your second or third date that will require months and years yeah i agree so with that one just go on the right see what happens and then course adjust if anything doesn't work if anything doesn't work actually call it out loud and yeah. see if you can find that balance if you cannot find that balance that may need that you need to find somebody else mm-hmm what about balancing the relationship with your work? I had asked you over audio message as well. And I know you're still working through it and figuring it out. But for example, um, you know, even leading up to make, before making it official, were you guys texting every day? Were you keeping space in between? Um, you know, and again, especially how do you separate your energy with work and your energy with your relationship? without jeopardizing it pretty much you know where it's like neglecting it i mean again i think your situation is different because you you really are working for yourself and there's a lot of things that rely on you in order to you know bring in income right so some people who are working in a corporate job might not have to i guess worry as much in that aspect again i i know the same worry as well i mean i work for myself now so it's like no more adp or selling oh, payroll right <laughs> no more pitching payroll to ellie <laughs> no more closing me no, no. <laughs> yeah so i mean back then it's like you know you you can take off a little bit of weight in that area of life so, you know um but i'm really curious how do you manage to balance it without making your partner feel neglected or as if like you know something's weird because you haven't texted in x amount of days you know that kind of thing well first of all is there awareness of your of you know your day-to-day priorities and stuff like that you know in in our case she knows that i'm working most of the time yeah you know monday to friday i'm working Mm -hmm. saturday i am busy for a specific amount of time 
she knows that mm-hmm. so out of that whatever we manage to fit is an extra and it's a and it's really fine you know like it's not like we need to speak every day we cannot do anyway because yeah. we want but it's never supposed to be something that you force right if it's something that you force it's a job a relationship is not supposed to be a job Ooh, that's a good quote. I'm going to quote you on that. <laughs> I'm going to trademark it. <laughs> but that's really what it goes down to. Can you be a good person, be calm, overall be yourself? And if you're able to speak, amazing. If you're not able to speak, that's fine too. Um, but the only reason why this works is because of the fact that from the very beginning, when it comes to our relationship, we had an agreement that was to, at the smallest frustration or at the smallest kind of problem or order, mm-hmm. actually call it out and actually mention it to the other person. Was this established before you officially started dating or was this in the talking phase or the seeing early dating phase? I think that was right after we became official. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And how often were you seeing her before it became official? And then how often are you seeing her now? And I want to, I asked this too, because I have an opinion on this, um, just from past experience. And then, you know, kind of advising one of my close guy friends, um, when he was reflecting on his first relationship, they dated for six months and he looks back now realizing it went really fast and you know, certain things didn't get to balance out and, and all that. And and out of all things, like they just lacked similar views, values, etc. So that's more of the underlying thing. But just the the way it went through, he, I think he was seeing her close to four to five times a week. And I had expressed to him. And again, I think this is something people do need to experience, though, firsthand to maybe recognize it. I don't know. But I realized after my first relationship with someone for four years, I remember initially, again, college is different, but I, I was seeing this person a lot, like three, four, five times a week. And now I would move forward in a new relationship where beginning stage or not, I'd probably keep it to, you know, at most two to three times a week, to be really honest, um, to, to pace it out, right? Um, but I'm also curious if you have a different opinion or if there is some anything you have read in the past in terms of like how to gradually get there, right? Because you t- talk to me too, baby steps, right? Like don't feel the urge to, you know, always be connected with the person because you. I, I look back too, it's like thinking from our conversation last week, there should be something new when, when you, when you want to talk to them, right? Or else you become boring, right? And I'm like, well, shit, I don't want to look boring if it's like, you're talking every day or talking nearly every day and it's kind of the same thing because we can only text, right? Yeah, I mean, boredom is directly correlated to lack of authenticity. Mm. So if you are speaking with somebody because you feel like you need to speak with them, you're probably going to be boring. Okay. So the answer is don't speak with somebody as an obligation. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, um, Okay, but then diving into how frequent you were seeing yeah. your so, now girlfriend. 
in the beginning we were in the fall in love phase mm -hmm. and therefore naturally we saw each other more so yeah. that was probably around three to four times a week mm -hmm. um and that lasted for about two months okay now as we have been balancing it out we have been seeing each other only on weekends so that is two days and a half ish essentially two days for the most part mm -hmm. and the reason for that is because we are kind of like going back to normal life mm -hmm. and essentially balancing this new thing that is the relationship with our you know day-to-day -day living and the day-to-day -day people that we used to meet before mm -hmm. um I, I think for the, the first of all, I believe that there is no co cookie cutter way that this yeah. is the way you're. I agree. Do I don't think there's a cookie cutter way. Yeah. I, I do think there's, there is sometimes too much though and too little. You know, I mean, I again, I just, I mean, just understanding human nature, right? I mean, to go from seeing someone five to six times a week, four four to five times a week. And then like wanting to scale it back to normalize it. I mean, to some people, that would be off-putting. That would be like, oh, we, we usually see each other four to five times a week. And now it's only like two times a week, you know? Um, but yeah, you know, that was just my quick thought on that. But I mean, that makes sense. Like, mm -hmm. you know, Maddie, she, she mentions that. You know? yeah. She's like, yeah, I would like to see you more. See, and, and I bring that up too, though, because that was how I initially felt with the texting aspect. You remember yeah. how I said that? Yeah. And I, I realized, like, at some point you do have to pull back and you do have to, you know, I read this in the Laws of Human Nature book, but I think Robert Greene said something like, you know, you do have to pull back a little bit and generate curiosity and generate, like, absence, right? To create, I mean, this is, this is just, like, on the concept of, desirability i think like if you're too available then there's not as much to miss yes true however i believe it to be more applicable to the beginning beginning of stages of seeing each other okay rather than necessarily actually being established into a relationship got it because to be honest if you need to look at the laws of human nature with your freaking girlfriend or partner then you might as well shoot yourself <laughs> you know yeah because it's your partner mm -hmm. I, I don't want to do a job with my partner i just want to <laughs> live yeah you know so yeah sure do that in the beginning maybe don't do it later mm -hmm. yeah. in terms of like um, being more absent or just like yeah, yeah, yeah like pushing and pulling yeah but i mean that's that isn't that part of the game though that is it's definitely a part of the game part yeah. of the human game yeah i mean i i also do you gotta admit like most girls are not gonna come across like a just a like, grounded guy like you and just gonna be able to you know be direct and be more like calm and slow about things in, in the way you speak and the way you process things i feel like the answer to everything is personal development. Right. If you work on yourself, you will have amazing relationships. Right. That's literally all it works. It, what all it goes down to. Yeah, I agree with that. Question off of that. Do you believe in the statement that if you don't have a 
strong relationship with your parents that you can't have a strong relationship with like your romantic partner no okay <laughs> obviously not yeah I, I mean i'm sorry if that sounds condescending but that's no i mean stupid. mind you i love your answer <laughs> and glad we have it on record but no i mean i asked obviously from you know just things that i brought up to you as well yeah. and something that has been pushed on you know into my thinking and has always been something like i don't know if that's really true but again i think you are a very grounded person you value relationships you're very respectful of your family and your and people around you so um not that i'm surprised by your answer but based on your morale and character you would kind of assume you would say yes you need a relationship with your parents in order to have a strong one with your romantic partner i mean that helps Mm-hmm. you know if you can add that amazing it's yeah. definitely going to make your life easier mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean that you cannot develop those skills in and of yourself mm-hmm. just by actually working on yourself yeah if you don't have a good relationship relationship with your parents and also you haven't worked on yourself good luck yeah it's gonna suck it's really gonna suck mm-hmm. but if you worked on yourself you'll be fine mm-hmm. so like the, 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 life is never black and white you know, it's always some sort of shade of gray. Yeah. So there is no, this is this applies to everything, scenario, or answer. That's mm-hmm. not how it works. At mm-hmm. least that's what I believe. I mean, but what do I know? Right? <laughs> what are some personal development books you would recommend, and um, maybe practices that you have done or implemented in your life? that you feel has been effective for you in being more grounded and being able to at least attempt to be more objective with situations where you might get too emotionally pulled in and you knew you needed to take a step back like I have in my last situation I told you and look at it in a more objective lens. Um, What are some recommendations you have for people that they can do, whether it's reading certain books or implementing or trying certain habits? First of all, I mean, for anybody interested in social dynamics, read How to Win Friends and Influence People, Dale Carnegie. Mm -hmm. That's a Bible. Yeah. After that, when it comes to thinking objectively about things, obviously it's a process. So get into meditative practices on a daily basis. It doesn't really matter what that is. That may be walking, that may be actually meditating, that may be taking some time to reflect on your day, mm-hmm. in the beginning of the day, at the end of the day. And it's important that you do it on a, on a daily basis and not just sporadically, mainly because you want to turn this, this into an habit. Mm-hmm. By tur- not turning into an habit, what you're doing is you're essentially telling yourself my mental clarity is not a priority to me. Mm-hmm. And because of the fact that it's not a priority, then I will just allow myself to drift off and just be taken back from all the things that come up on a day-to-day basis. Mm. Lastly, the the biggest thing that really helped me when it comes to this and i mentioned that with you is dopamine detoxing so that is essentially removing all social media apps from your phone not going not watching porn not what not watching tv entertainment 
um, no binge eating, no overly sugary foods, no alcohol, no drugs. And that mental clarity that comes from just essentially like removing all these things Mm -hmm. is freaking amazing. Mm -hmm. Uh, In a sense that for me, it helps when it comes to um, drive, willpower, clarity, and overall just getting your life back together. Mm -hmm. Uh, I really believe that like 99% of people under the age of 60 right now and probably 80% of people over the age of 60 Mm -hmm. are dopamine, dopamine addicted. And that whatever you say it doesn't make you in control you know um just it's so powerful it's so insanely powerful two more questions one being any if you had to give one piece of advice for women in the realm of dating today what would it be don't stress Mm -hmm. it's not worth it yeah, I mean, I I know this might be underwhelming, but I, I truly believe that stress is such a big reason why people don't end up for, like going with the partner that they want. Mm-hmm. Just because of the continuous cycle of self-sabotaging thoughts of, you know, uh, am I good enough? Uh, what is this person going to think of me? Um, essentially this constant judgment that you have towards yourself and this constant feeling of not being enough Um, don't stress it will be one I'm gonna give you another one and that is love yourself Mm. and by loving yourself I don't mean necessarily oh that's fine like you know start binge eating or like treat yourself to a dinner that sounds stupid that's not what I mean what I really do mean is Put yourself first. Put yourself as a priority. Mm-hmm. Put your well-being as a priority. That includes physical, mental, spiritual, whatever. Um, and express that love on a daily basis towards everybody that you meet. Mm-hmm. I went through a very, very profound transformation only a few days ago uh, when I watched a coach called uh, Steve Artisan. Uh, it's this guy that charges two hundred thousand dollars for coaching. Mm. Um, and two hundred thousand. Two hundred thousand, yeah. Okay. For fifty hours of working with him. Okay. And I I went through a testimonial of this guy that made the video called one hundred hours with Steve Artis and somebody that worked with him. Uh-huh. And the traits that this guy mentioned about Steve Artis and the coach were really freaking interesting in the sense of this guy is essentially doesn't do anything apart from loving himself and other people mm-hmm. that is his main priority in life and the beauty about it is that it kind of elevates him into this freaking loving individual that is like pure love and mm-hmm. so if you look at his calendar it's like go show love to the neighbors mm-hmm. and then like go get groceries with love mm-hmm. and then start coaching with love and intensity <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and it may sound like such a like corny and like almost crazy thing like you know who's this guy 
But if you think about it, it makes sense. It's not what you do, it's how you do it. So, I mean, I know I'm kind of like drifting off right now, but it's essentially like love yourself and love other people around of you. And if you make that your priority, your dating and everything else around of you is going to fall into place. Because how could you not find the person that you love if you're loving in and of yourself? That's just impossible. People are so attracted to that. Hmm. What you said there too just reminded me what you told me last week that struck a chord in me, which was that because, again, part of that realization was me wanting that control, wanting to hold a funeral, lay a fucking rest type of thing. <laughs> and I realized uh, you had mentioned, you know, in order to fall in love, regardless at what point in life, you have to let go. And it made me laugh because I realized like, I was constantly in, constantly trying to not let go and trying to like, again, put myself right back in, upper hand control because like I made the decision to like cut something off or something right um but you you said it yourself that you have to feel all the emotions and part of that is either pain or love happiness and love um but in order to ever fall in love you have to let go of that control and that definitely hit me because I think I needed to hear that because I think I feel a sense of control in so much of my life especially business and work and you know, my day to day and I live alone. So I just have a lot of stability for myself in that aspect. And so when a variable like that comes in, it throws me off and I'm like, I'm not in the driver's seat anymore. And, um, but, but I'm, I'm also really glad that I recognize it. You know, um, I'm, I'm really grateful that I have been able to recognize it and step away, look at it objectively and clearly not, you know, triggered enough because I can talk about it now you know and be like oh this is how I was feeling and clearly I don't feel that way anymore um but that was in part of like some of the things that you have said my realization of okay these are some of the things that I need to work on and need to just reflect on and yeah um I definitely agree with you I think the power of loving yourself and putting yourself first was something that I just naturally retracted to. I was like, oh, you know what? Like, let it play out. Like you said, the baby steps thing and just revert your focus on yourself, right? Like things will ebb and flow. So um, I definitely took a lot away from our conversation. But I guess last question I have for you, and it's, you know, something I ask everyone on this show. Okay. You can probably guess what it is. I'm not sure, actually. What fulfills you in life, Elia? I think helping other people is is a big it's probably the big the ultimate type of fulfillment that i that i have when it comes to myself yeah i mean self-actualization really um which for me essentially means helping other people whilst mm -hmm. living a happy and good life yeah um yeah i like that and i think that's something we align on very strongly i think that's that's what we have connected on is our our love and passion for helping others in our own ways and in a skill set that we have learned 
adopted and have experienced firsthand. And now, you know, being able to share that with others in a helpful manner, I think that's, you know, something that both that fulfills us both. So, yeah. Love it. I love, love it. it. That, that's one of your superpowers. <laughs> um, and your objective side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that balance of being kick-ass and like being amazing at all the things that you do while also being aware of your downsides is just insane thank you elia yeah. i appreciate it I'm, I'm glad you came up to me while i was eating gelato <laughs> <laughs> that was all for today's episode and conversation with my dear friend elia i hope you enjoyed this and had some valuable takeaways i know even when i re-listened to a conversation that i was the one involved in even i have takeaways and i wrote them down and actually uh, you will be seeing them on the Instagram at some point because I do think it's important to kind of integrate that in our day-to-day thinking and have as a reminder. So um, if you did have takeaways, be sure to comment on the latest Instagram post, especially the one pertaining to this episode and just let us know, share this on your Instagram story and, you know, tag us both, uh, tag the podcast Instagram, my personal Instagram and Elia's Instagram will be tagged in the show notes as well as all the Instagram promotions. And uh, before you head out, one last thing, um, if you guys have been following along, then you are probably aware I am releasing a very, very fun product that is hint hint a game involving the what fulfills you um, brand and concept and i think you all will really enjoy it no matter how old you are no matter what you're interested in especially if you have a big family and you do family dinners coming up for thanksgiving or you are in a sorority or if you are working right now and you love these icebreakers with your co-workers like this game is going to be really fun so be on the lookout for all the previews it will be on the instagram at what fulfills you as well as tiktok if you are on there head over to at what fulfills you this game will be available for pre-order on september 25th so do not miss out thanks again for tuning in i will chat with you all next time